singing about breaking off the chains. This morning it's going to make a little bit more sense, but I feel like this morning we're breaking off chains of generational curses. We're breaking off chains of things that have happened to you because of the people that went before you that you may not even know. The things they said, the things that they took on themselves, the things that they received. It could be broken families. It could be messed up mindsets in regards to race, in regards to loving people that aren't like you. But I feel like this morning as we as we catapult into new things that God wants to break off those chains because you may not even know that you have chains bounding you this morning. You may not even know that there's been something that's had you since birth because of prior generations. In order for us to excel and in order for us to create a ceiling that becomes the next generation's floor, we've got to break those chains where they get to carry them to. If we don't break those chains today, they carry them into the next generation fighting the same fights that we fought with no victory because they don't understand why they've got chains holding them back, why they don't have freedom, why they can't love people because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. we got to break them today. We've got to break those today because there's kids right here that are dependent on us breaking those today. If you have kids, your kids are dependent on you breaking those today. My boy down here is four months old. He's dependent on all of us breaking those today. You can break chains not just for your family. You can break them for your friends. You can break them for friends that are like family. You can break them for people that you've never known if you're bold enough to just step into what God wants to do. Our generations are struggling and stumbling, and it's no one's fault but the generation prior because we're giving them a whole lot of stuff to carry that they were never meant to carry. We're giving them stuff to bear that they weren't meant to bear. We're giving them things to do and shackling them to the ground to something that happened 50, 60, 80, 100 years ago, and we've not fixed it. If divorce runs rampant in your family, I declare right now in the name of Jesus that that is broke, that there's no more, that you are the breaking point, that your kids see healthy marriages, that you have friends around you that have healthy marriages. Depression is gone. Like that's something that's that's plaguing our kids. Suicide, the thought of suicide is running rampant. And that's because we're holding chains and we're allowing them to, to carry chains that we didn't break. They might be dealing with something that was 40, 50, 60 years ago, something that's been declared over their life. Before their parents even thought of having kids, it may have been spoke that your kid's not going to amount to anything. You should never have kids because that would be a mistake. Those got to be broken today. Because when we break those today, the next generation can take off. We can't blame the generation that's under 20 years old for the world being a hell in a handbasket. We can't blame them that it's their fault. It's our fault. It's, it's their fault. The generation, I love the generation before us. Sometimes we quit too early. We don't grab a hold and break the things off that Jesus wants to break. Those aren't for anybody to carry. Why are we carrying something that's not ours? We're shackled to a post in the ground and we can't, we go to run and it's like a dog at the end of the chain. He gets jerked back. I feel like that's, that's a lot of us in here today. We go to run and we go to run and we go to run and we get jerked back. And the more times you get jerked back, the less chances you're going to take to run. And then we stand there and the chain may be broken, but now we don't even have it in us to run. We've got to break some chains this morning. We've got to move forward and allow these kids to soar. Allow kids that aren't born yet to soar.
We need to give them something solid to stand on. We're talking about a firm foundation. We've got to create something firm for them to stand on. It's the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus will break those chains and create something for them to have a starting point. Why are we reinventing the wheel? Why do we continue to have the same problem year after year after year, generation after generation after generation? We got to get a grip on this because our, our kids are struggling. Suicide's nuts. And that's heavy on my heart because I don't like when the enemy attacks anybody, but when he attacks the ones that are going to change the world. If they have a solid foundation to jump from, it's a problem. And we need to break those off today. So, Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I just ask that, that if somebody's struggling with depression, Lord, if somebody's struggling with suicide, if somebody's struggling with uh, their, their family being divorced, Lord, that you would just set them free this morning, Lord, that we just sang to you. Father, that worship is not to prepare a way for the message, but worship is to your throne room. That's the most important part of today, that through worship, we can cry out to you that you are the king. We can cry out to you that you will break these chains, Lord. It's not up to us. We just have to let them go and give them to you so you can destroy them. Father, just break those chains right now, Lord. That it be something that people tangibly feel, that they feel a weight release, that they feel freedom to move. Father, that they don't continue to try to run and get held back. And if those chains have been broken, they've stood still for so long, Lord. Blow on them and help them move. Help them move, Lord. It's time that we take back what you've already given for us. It's time to take back what the generations before us have already won that we're giving up on. And Lord, I just thank you for today. I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for the opportunity to get to be here in your presence. I just thank you for what's going to take place today. And we just give you all honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And worship, worship team killed it. You guys are awesome. So today is going to be a fantastic day. You guys can go ahead and have a seat for a quick second. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, today's a super cool day. And we were praying in the back and there was a slight um, discussion out here trying to figure it out. But Today is actually, this evening is actually the start of Pentecost. And so we were praying about that in the back. And that's where the disciples were waiting in the upper room for the Holy Spirit to come because Jesus had promised that. But, so that's super cool. But what I really want to make mention of and give honor where honor is due, if we could have Pastor Darren and Lynette stand up, please. They didn't know this was going to happen, so that's why they're looking at me like. Um, <laughs> so... Today, May 16th, 2000, 21 years ago, these two accepted the commission to, to start a church. And today is the day that it's 21 years. And we were praying in the back, and Pastor Lynette brought up the fact that seven times three is 21. Three is God's perfection, and then seven is God's completeness. And in that completeness, it allows new things. And so I just want to honor you guys. I thank you guys for allowing me to, to be in a small section of the journey um, we love you guys, and if we could, if we could honor Pastor Darren and Lynette for what they've, what they've done. Love you guys. I appreciate it. They deserve, they deserve it all. You guys can be seated. They've paved the way. They've taken it on the nose. They've taken it on the chin. Uh, pastor just got over his last black eye from taking it on the nose for somebody in here. I don't know who it was, but he did. 
And that's, they, just, they just love, and they love so big, and they love so well, and they create opportunities for us to grow, and um, it's, it's just been awesome. But I want to welcome Facebook Live. I haven't done that yet. I've, they're like family. I know there's people watching all over, so I want to welcome them, tell them thank you for joining us this morning. We may have some students or some families um, watching. And for those of you that don't know me, sorry for the balloons. I don't get distracted because I hang out with high school kids all the time. If you're distracted, we'll work on it. Uh, but my name's Josh. My wife and I, uh, my wife Nicole and I, we get to, to the honor of leading our junior high and high school ministries with an incredible team of people um, to just serve your kids and help, help catapult them on to where they're going. And so today we're going to talk a little bit, um, and, and I've titled my message Bridging the Gap because it's been something that's been on my heart for the last two or three months and just the topic of what that looks like. And, and initially, I'm like, okay, that's generation to generation. That's moms and dads to sons and daughters. But it's an opportunity to bridge the gap and connect pieces of a puzzle that we're maybe missing. And so when I started, you guys, I mean, 21 years is, is fantastic. And I remember um, eight years ago, nine years ago, we were serving here at church, and, and Pastor had seen me at a, at a Bible camp, and we were communicating and different things like that, and we started serving. And he came and he bridged the gap for me. He presented something that I hadn't had. He was a lot of times like Elijah was to Elisha. And he had the ability to run, but he also was willing to train up and grab somebody to walk beside, to, to teach. And so it's super cool because Pastor allowed me initially to understand what it was like to be a son. He, he taught me sonship in a different way that I'd never experienced it. He taught me um, the love of a father in a different way that I'd never experienced it. But it was, it was from a spiritual perspective that he was able to guide me. He was able to show me, and he was able to support me and my family in some of the hardest things we did. And then he allowed me to be a student. He allowed me, as time came and, and we were committed and we were serving here, he allowed me to come alongside and, and begin to serve in the church, but to really allow me the chance and Nicole to sit next to them, to be invited to their table, to learn from them, because this was not on my, uh, this is what I'm going to do when I graduate list. And I, tr I tried to drop out of speech class, but he allowed me to just be a student. He allowed me to learn. He allowed me to see honor. He allowed me to see love unconditionally. He allowed me to see support and walk through situations. He's, he showed me what it's like to battle through something when you don't get the results that you desire right away. So he's allowed me to be a son. He's allowed me to be a student. And then with the heart that he has, he's taught me how to be a servant. And that's the, the important part is I feel like this is a process that when we bridge the gap, we help the younger people understand what it is to be sons and daughters. And then we give them the opportunity to be students. And then we create an atmosphere where they can run beside us and serve alongside us. And it's no longer that I'm better than you. It's no longer that I'm older than you. And I don't know for sure, but when I think about the kingdom of heaven, I don't know that God is going to label generations. I don't know that he's going to look at a four-month-old and say that they're any less than somebody that's 85 or 95. And I think that he's, he looks at all of us as sons and daughters. And so when we have, to, we have to bridge that gap physically because there is an age difference. There is a wisdom difference. And I say that because 
everybody that's older than me is a lot smarter than me. And there's some younger people that are smarter than me. And that's okay, but it, it allows us the opportunity to grow and develop. And so we're going to start today. We're going to get into it because we've got some activities this morning. But in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2 out of the New Living Translation, it says, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. And so as we do that, that's where I feel like it's the opportunity that we understand what it is to be sons and daughters, then we get to be students, and then we get to take what we've learned and pass that on to others. I feel like that's the Great Commission. Go out into the world and make disciples. And so we see, I feel like we see those three things, being a son, or being, a son being a student, and being a servant in the story of Paul and Timothy. And it's interesting because in that scripture, it's like, like up to this point, Paul and Silas are out doing ministry. They're talking, and they come to a town that I'm not going to pronounce because I don't know how. Um, So they come to a town, and they see Timothy, and they feel that Timothy would be a valuable asset to their ministry, but his parents, one of his parents was Jewish and the other one was not, so Timothy was not circumcised at the point. So in order for Paul and Silas to fully accept Timothy into their ministry and allow them to serve beside, they asked for Timothy to be circumcised. And it's not the act, but it's the meaning. They felt that it was the most important that Timothy would be in a covenant with Jesus before he went and shared what he had learned. And so in 1 Timothy 1, verse 2, in the New Living Translation, it says, I am writing to you, Timothy, my true son in the faith. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. So we see here that Paul directly addresses Timothy as his son. So if that's the first step to bridging the gap, I think we, it's time, and, and as we break those chains, it's an opportunity that we can call out sons and daughters. But we have to learn to be sons and daughters before we can be fathers and mothers. And a lot of times we're put into fatherhood and we're put into motherhood not fully understanding what that looks like. It's, an, it's, it's important that, that our kids see that they're sons and daughters. I would say one of the biggest crises right now is identity issues. They don't know who they are. They've not had somebody speak to them who they are. They've not been given the identity or the understanding that they are God's sons and daughters. And so that's something that we vitally have to do that, that I feel is, is a breath of fresh air and a breath of life into the next generation. And then we see in 2 Timothy where the student aspect comes, and it's 2 Timothy Timothy 3, verse 10 through 17, and it says, But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconum, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus, will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught by the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom 
to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So because of the time that they spent together, Timothy understood what Paul stood for. And there's a lot of times we don't know what we stand for. We just know what we stand against. And if we're trying to raise up a generation and we're trying to create an opportunity to be, for somebody to be a student, we should probably know what we stand for. And Timothy knew that. He knew what love looked like because Paul had shown that. He knew the right attitude to carry, but he also saw him not just in his best times. Timothy saw Paul when he was persecuted. Timothy saw Paul when he was beat up, when he was looked down upon. And it's, it's an opportunity as we teach somebody under us, whether they're younger, whether they're older, that we can present a platform, that we can create an opportunity for them to fully understand that friendships and relationships aren't just when it's good. If they won't be with you when life sucks and you're in the valley, they don't deserve to be with you at the mountaintop. And a lot of times we get confused in that because, well, we have to have this many friends. We have to have this many followers on Instagram. We have to have this many likes on Facebook. You have to have this big of a streak on on Snapchat. But then when they call those people and they're in help and they're trying to be a student or they're trying to grow, now all of a sudden they can't find anybody. So we've got to create these relationships where they can be students, but they also have somebody to run to. I don't know how many times as a student I'm still learning that I run to these two over here. And a lot of times they're like, you should pray about that and look. But then there's wisdom because at times we get too comfortable. And instead of me looking into it, I just want them to give me the answers. And that's not their job. Their job is to give me the opportunity to learn. And if I'm learning, I need to be doing for myself. And so being a student is important. It's not something that ever ends. When we bridge the gap by allowing them to be a student, it allows us to set the pace and challenge them to learn by keeping up. There's a lot of situations where we're thrown into in life that we try to map it out and we try to do it just how it's it's orchestrated. And sometimes that's not the best learning experience. Sometimes the best learning experience is sink or swim. Sometimes the best learning experience is is the ability to just jump in and push yourself to keep up. Because if we try to set guidelines then it's based on our performance. If we try to set guidelines in this outline of what it's supposed to look like, I may never progress because I get lazy, I get complacent, I get bored. Where if they're running and I want to be a student, it is my job to keep up. Set the pace. Challenge them. Don't, don't make unrealistic expectations. But give them a pace that they have to put in the work to keep up. If you're going to be a student, you should be learning all the time. We should not stop learning what it takes. And then in Romans 16, we see a brief mention where Paul refers to, to Timothy as his ministry partner, his co-laborer, or his servant. And so we go from being sons, understanding what sons and daughters look like. Then we go to creating an atmosphere where we can learn and be students. And sometimes that's hard because I don't know them that well, so I can't let them get that close. Or they're too young, they don't deserve to know what I know. Or they're too old, they're washed up, and I'm not going to listen to them. They don't know what's going on. We get all these mixed perspectives 
of why we can't be a servant. But then Paul literally calls Timothy his co-laborer. And I, I look at that like I think of that like marriage. Like when you're married, it's not that one person's better than the other one. He took woman from the rib so that they could be co-laborers. I feel like if we're in proper relationships and we're bridging the gap to the next generation, they're going to be right beside us. They, as they're learning and as they're students, you should be out ahead of them. But then once they get to that point where they're co-laborers, once they get to that point where they're serving, we should be able to walk side by side because it's no longer you have to chase me to keep up. I've learned a lot of things from people younger than me in my faith. I've watched a lot of courage and boldness and bravery from people younger than me. And so if we're too proud to let them walk next to us, even as servants, even as co-laborers, what opportunities are we missing? I've seen these kids pray and like fire from heaven come down. And if we're too proud to let them stand next to us because of their age, because we disqualify them because they're too small, they're too young, they don't have enough life experience. Let me tell you, these kids at 13 to 18 years old probably have more life experience than we do within the last few years. The things that are progressing in schools, the things that are progressing in social media. Let's not discredit what they have, but when we do that and we get too proud, we're constantly out in front of them, never giving the opportunity to dig a ditch together. And then we start correcting and we start judging because now they want to run and we're afraid that they might do it better. We're afraid that they may run just a little bit farther, that they may take a ministry just a little bit bigger. And so we begin to chain them up because we can't overcome our pride and our ego. It's interesting because as I was thinking about this and I've been praying about this, I've also heard because I have a lot of conversations with students and I've had awesome conversations with older generation, but I get so frustrated when I hear people whether it be in church, whether it be at work, whether it be out in public, that this next generation is worthless. I get super frustrated when we start labeling this generation to come that they're never going to amount to anything, that they're too involved in, in techie stuff, that they're too smart with their phones, they're too smart with their iPads, that they're too lazy, that they don't dream, that they don't have visions. That frustrates me because that might be on us. If we're not giving them the ability to create those things, if we're not listening, if we're too proud to listen to somebody younger than us, I'm telling you right now, these kids hear from the Holy Spirit. There's not a junior Holy Spirit. If we're too proud to receive a word from one of them, you may not deserve a word from somebody else because it comes from the mouth of babes. It comes from kids. They haven't been told no enough. They don't understand what it's like to be shut down all the time. There was a situation up here one day and he's now in junior high. Man, I don't know how long ago this was, but there's a gentleman that came to our church in a wheelchair. And this boy had so much faith that he was not going to get up until that man got up. And we're praying as a group, and the man doesn't get up right away. And this boy gets on his knees and puts his hands on this gentleman's knees, weeping. This is four or five years ago. Weeping with expectation that this man would get out of the chair. Why are we not willing to learn from that? We've been told no. We've been shut down. We've prayed for people and it hasn't come to pass. Why do we push them aside because of their age? That, that boy wrecked me that day because he had more faith than I did. He believed in the word of Jesus more than I did. He was going to stay there until it happened. 
I think we could have sat here all day and he would have sat there praying for that man with expectation. Why are we not learning from these kids that want to see revival? They want to have conversation. They want to see miracles and signs and wonders. But then we pop their balloons and we tell them that they're not good enough because they're not old enough. They don't have enough life experience. I think we should correct that. But then I also get super frustrated that our younger kids, you're not always perfect. When, we, when I hear conversations that they just want to take away all the fun. They're too old. They don't know what I'm going through. They've never been there. They've never dealt with what I'm dealing with. They don't know how to walk. They don't know what to do. They won't listen. They won't hear me. Guys, we got to start talking. We got to start listening. We have to start having conversations. We have to start allowing people to be students from one another because I'm a student from our kids, but I'm a student from the people before me. There's a lot of things that we do over and over and over, and somebody that's gone before us already has the answer. And then we're just being dumb. Because when we continue to do something and we expect different results and we're not changing anything and we're not seeking wisdom from the people that have been there, we're being ignorant. And it's time, so I get super frustrated on both perspectives that we just can't bridge that gap. Why can't, I would love to see at some point some older couples intermingling with younger couples. You're gonna learn something. You may learn some new words, some new shoe choices, some new ways to dress. But engaging in each other, but then as you engage and they share their thoughts and their visions and their dreams, you may be like, well, man, I dreamed something once and I didn't have the courage to run, but I want you to run. I want you to go. I want you to chase it. I don't want you to stop. And if I'm the only one supporting you, you come see me once a week. We need these conversations. We need to bridge the gap because right now we've got such a hole and such a void in things then we wonder why nothing holds together. We wonder why we can't get from point A to point B without a massive wreck because there's missing pieces. The missing piece might be somebody 40 years younger than you. It may be somebody 60 years older than you. We've got to find that missing piece. When we do not bridge the gap and continue to allow generations to be divided, we will miss on what God has and only get part of the whole picture. The young men may not see visions if the old men are not willing to dream dreams. Scripture tells us that young men will will see visions and older men will dream dreams. But if we're not close enough, if we're not in relationship to share those things, some of these kids have visions, but they're terrified to share them because they've never been, somebody's never shared a dream with them. Somebody's never given them the opportunity to share a vision. Guys, don't stop dreaming. This isn't just the the older men, older ladies. Don't stop dreaming. Share those with people that you come in contact with. If you have kids, share those with your kids' friends at, at dinner. Invite them over and begin to have these conversations. Allow these kids to trust God and see vision. Because without vision, we're gonna perish. If we don't allow them to start casting vision, we're gonna run ourselves into a hole. But they're they're not casting vision because we're not sharing dreams because we're too proud and again they won't listen they have nothing to say trust me they have stuff to say they have things that they want heard we were at a youth night a couple months ago and we just presented the opportunity to the kids i said i have three questions i said the first one i want 
honest, no, no names, nothing on the paper. I said, you're going to give them to me and nobody else is going to see them. I said, I want to know one thing that you wish you could tell your parents that you can't. So when I say your kids want to talk, some of the responses were, I want to be closer to God. I'm struggling with suicide. I'm struggling with my friends doing drugs and alcohol. I'm struggling with my identity and my sexuality. They want to talk. And I said, what's one thing you wish your parents would tell you? That school's not everything. That sometimes your friends bail on you. That sometimes life gets hard. They want to talk. We just have to be willing to bridge the gap. So you're, you're thinking, okay, we're talking a lot about building a bridge, and I know nothing about building a bridge, so we're not going to get too technical, but we are going to figure out how to bridge the gap. And I think the first thing that we must do is we must step up for our own, but also for the ones that don't have anybody to be the missing piece. We've got, it, we've got to bridge that gap for our own kids. We've got to bridge that gap for our nieces and our nephews. But it's about time that we start stepping up and bridging the gap for kids that, that don't have a mom or a dad, that don't have somebody to turn to, that their parents are drug addicts, that their parents are alcoholics, that their parents are abusing them, that they need somebody to step up for them. It's time that we step up. It's not just our kids. If your, friends, if your kid has a friend over at dinner, you better step up. Have those conversations because they might be struggling with suicide. They might be struggling with depression. And nobody's willing to talk to them. We have to step up. And across the board, it can't be just for our own. It, it has to start with our own. And you might be like, well, my kids are growing. My kids are, are too old. I didn't have kids. Find somebody. There's a lot of people in our communities that have nobody. There's a lot of, lot of kids that are broken. If your kid's too old and they're 30, find a 25-year-old. If your kid's too old and they're 50, find a 30-year-old. We all need help. We've got to step up. For one another, we've got to start bridging this gap so these kids aren't alone. That's why suicide is rampant. That's why depression is rampant. That's why drugs and alcohol and all these things are rampant because they feel like they're alone because nobody's willing to step up and fill in the gap for them. It's time that we step up and fill the gap. We must be willing to allow them to be close enough to teach them how to be sons and daughters, what it takes to be a student, and how to be a servant. You cannot gain these things from a distance. You can't. You've got to be close enough and willing to let them, let them be close enough. We must love and be like Jesus, and this is the most important one. We get so judgmental when we see kids that are struggling. We, we judge them when they're drinking. We judge them when they're doing drugs, but then we won't have a conversation with them because we live the same lifestyle, and we can't share that with them. But it's, I mean, just real quick in Matthew 18, 3, to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must have faith like a child. The kingdom belongs to the children in Matthew 19, 14. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child and he will not depart. Matthew 18, 6, better off to drown than make them sin. Psalms 127, 3 through 5, they are like arrows. It's time we start sharpening some arrows. It's time that we start creating something that's worth it to send when we send a dull arrow, we can't wonder why hearts aren't pierced. We can't wonder why schools aren't changed. We can't wonder why divorce is still rampant. We can't wonder why these things, if we're not sharpening them to send them off as the arrows they were created to be. We have to let them run. And today, we get an incredible opportunity to begin the process of bridging the gap. We get to start today by sending off our high school seniors. 
We get to come together as a family. We get to come together and honor them. We do it at sporting events. We have senior night at sporting events. We have senior night at FFA. We have all these things, and it's been a burden on my heart that we're not doing it spiritually. We get upset at these kids because they go out and they're in college and then they fall off the bandwagon or they they lose their faith. You don't just lose your faith. It's because you weren't sent. It's because you didn't have a foundation. It's because you didn't have something to jump from. And it's time that as we create arrows, today we get the opportunity to send some arrows. They've been sharpened. They've been through ministry. They're graduating high school, and that's a huge achievement. I don't care if you're going to work at McDonald's, if you're going in the military, if you're going to college. It's a huge achievement, and you're an arrow destined for where you're going. And today we get that opportunity to start something as a family. Guys, I want to tell you you're not alone. I want to tell you that everybody that's here, everybody that's watching, has your back. Everybody that's listening down the road is willing to pray for you. You kids are not alone. I want you to know that, and today is an opportunity that we get to show you that, not just talk about it. I'm over our words being just words and no action. So today we get to launch some arrows. They will know today that we're willing to bridge the gap for them. They will know today that we're willing to stand in a place that they may not know how to get through. And they will know that we're willing to take it on the nose for them. Sean, if I could have you kick some music on. So I'm going to kind of lay this out and what it's going to look like. Um, If I could have a couple of our juniors come up, uh, Haley and Ashley, if you guys would come up, please. And we're going to honor our seniors. And what what we've done... Um, and if I could have our leadership team come up, um, Kayleen, Jess, I don't know who, who's all here this morning. I think my wife's taking care of an eye. If you're on our leadership team, if you guys would come up too, you guys come up. And we're just going to, we're going to gather together and we're going to pray over our seniors. And, and the vision I had in this is that we're going to pray over the seniors. And then I've asked a couple of our juniors to pray over the seniors and sending them off. Kendrick, can you come up here too, please? Who else is a junior? If you're a junior high school this year going into your senior year, will you come up here? Um, so there, some of these guys are like, oh my God, I did not know I was coming up here this morning. And that's, that's why you love me because I don't like comfort zones. So we just do it. Um, but we're going to pray. And I feel like as the juniors pray over the seniors and we send them off, the seniors, we're, I'm then going to ask the seniors to pray over our junior class, our, our incoming seniors, and pass the baton. Because I feel like the only way to bridge the gap is the ability to pass the baton. The only way to bridge the gap is to be able to continue to go. So I want to give recognition as I, I've got a couple seniors that are, that are working today and couldn't be here, but I still want to honor them. So if you are here, as I call your name, if you'd come up. Um, once I read through their stuff, we can, we can go ahead and give them a round of applause. So the first one is Aspen Hockley, graduated from Eaton High School. She'll be attending Central Missouri to study criminal justice with a minor in forensic science. And she's actually working today, but let's honor Aspen. The next one is Mindy Potberg. She's graduating from Platte Valley High School. Mindy will be attending Ames Community College to study ag business. And, and Mindy's working as well this morning. I know that. But let's give Mindy a round of applause. Um, can you hand me the bags with the tape on the handles? 
Dylan Fenton, graduating from Greeley West High School. Dylan will be leaving June 6th for boot camp, combat school in San Diego, and then on to Intel School in Virginia as a United States Marine. Uh, there's, hold on there. Yeah, that's good job. No, you don't, just stay right here. Um, Riata Gleghorn, graduating from Resurrection Christian School. Riata will be relocating to Sydney, Australia in early 2022 to study music and songwriting at Hillsong College. So what I'm going to do is if I could have our seniors come stand here. Which one of you wants to go first? <laughs> um, if you guys will scoot up a little bit, and we're just going to gather around you. If you guys will just stretch your arms as they begin to pray over. And this is just an opportunity to send them off because it's better to be sent than just went. And so the, the ability to send them where God has directed their path, these aren't new decisions that they just made last night. This is what they were destined for. So as we send them off, uh, Haley, go ahead. Yeah, you're good. God, I thank you for the friendships that you've given me with these people. And I pray that you guide them in their new journey and that you make them world changers and that um, you just guide them through everything that they go through. Amen. Dear Lord, I just want to give them reassurance that they've been questioning any future decisions that they've been making. I know that these are big steps that everybody is going through right now, especially going into college and trying to figure out what your adulthood life is going to be like without your parents' guidance there 24-7. And I just want to give them the strength to be there and that they will know that you are there with them every step of the way and that they can make it through it and their faith can grow stronger and their decisions they're making right now are right that they're going in the right path and that they're going to make it and it's going to be good. The ability to send them, Lord, we give you the opportunity to cast them as arrows. Father, we just lift up Dylan right now. That you would send him where you've called him, Father that he can be a missionary in, in different battlefields, Lord, that you give him the armor of God, Father, that he cannot wear anybody else's armor, that he's not destined to wear that, but he is destined to wear your armor. And we just thank you for sending him where, you, where you're sending him, Lord, that he is going to protect the freedoms of this country. He's going to protect the ability to seek you. And we just thank you for that, Lord, and we just pray that you use this man mightily in different places, Lord, in different ways that he would have never pictured. And, Lord, we just lift up Riata as she relocates to Australia, Lord, that, that she just runs, that she soars, Lord, that she just go where nobody's gone and she do what nobody's done, Lord, that she has songs on the inside of her that you begin to birth, Lord, that love people big, that love people bold, Father, that, that, that will touch lives that nobody else is willing to touch, that will love on people that nobody else is willing to love on. And, Lord, we just thank you for what you've done through her and where she's going, Lord, that you've destined that path. And, Lord, that she would come back with a mighty fire of writing songs and worship, and we just thank you for that. And so I'm going to ask if, um, if the junior class, if you guys will line up in front, and then we're going to have Dylan and Riata step back, and we're just going to, I'm going to ask you guys to pray over 
our junior class, the incoming seniors, and, and passing that off. So if you're a junior, go ahead and line up in front. You can look at, at Dylan and, and Riata. Don't make it awkward. Close your eyes. Don't be like the last guy on The Bachelor that kissed everybody with his eyes open. Don't be weird. Um, but who wants to go first? <laughs> I told them they were going to, but we didn't decide an order. So then, again, if you guys will just stretch your arms out, and, and guys, if you'll just um, let, roll with it. Dear God, I just pray for this upcoming senior class that um, I know that this year wasn't everything that we expected it to be, but I know that they will have everything and more for their senior year and that they will just have an amazing experience and that they'd be able to um, continue to encounter you through their year and any challenges that come up for them that they will just be able to turn their heads and look to you for guidance and that they would be able to grow and become more independent and feel comfortable with these choices that they're going to be making in the next few months um and I just pray that you would give them peace, no anxiety going into this year, because it's a fun year, and it's a time that um, we just get to have fun and just enjoy ourselves. Lord, I pray that these incoming seniors will grow in their relationship with not just you, but with their friends. Lord, I ask that you provide them with the tools to become stronger to become wiser Lord I ask that you teach them to be leaders as well as learn to be led Lord I ask that you see too that these fine young individuals are able to grow find their paths and overall achieve their goals in your son's name I pray amen Father, we just come to you and we just thank you for an incoming class, Lord, that they have they have a foundation, that the seniors that have come before them have created an environment, created an atmosphere where they can run. Lord, that you, you allow the outgoing seniors, their ceiling is now the incoming seniors floor, Lord, that we would see miracles and signs and wonders, not necessarily through us or because of our works, but because of their faith and their relationship with you, Lord, and that they would grow with you, that they would grow friendships, Father, good friendships that deserve the mountaintops. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the opportunity to serve these kids and sharpen arrows, Lord. And we just ask that you send them as well. And we just give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys can all be seated. I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Congratulations. so cool um so like i said this is something that's been super heavy on my heart and i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and read read an excerpt out of a book to begin to close this up and it was a book that a friend of mine cw he asked if i'd ever read it and i said no so i downloaded it instantly and, and listened to it because that's way faster than me reading it and i can do it in places that i'm not allowed to read a book um, when I'm struggling at work, but it's, it's called the reset returning to the heart of worship and a life of undivided devotion by Jeremy Riddle. And it says, as my friend Ray Hughes once said, you're not a part of a five-year plan. You're a part of a generational one. 
It is our turn to fight the good fight of faith. There is a war raging right now over this next generation, and we get to determine whether they wake up to their calling and destiny because of the blazing brightness of our passion for Jesus or whether they drift away into other pursuits because of our compromise and earthly ambitions. If we persist on our current path, not only will we squander the previous ground of of freedom our mothers and fathers fought to gain for us, we will silence a whole generation of worshipers our lives were intended to awaken. It is time that we bridge the gap to awaken a generation. It is time that we begin to bridging the gap to allow them to run. Let's not just pray for revival. Let's bridge the gap with an expectation that it comes. Let's awaken the generation because at this point, their blood's on our shoulders. If we don't do what God has told us to do, if we don't show them what it's like to be a true son and daughter, if we don't give them the identity that's a son and daughter, that's not just who they are, that's whose they are. If we don't show them that, then the world is going to paint on every magazine cover, every social media post, what they're supposed to be, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. They were created and designed to be exactly how they are. And if we don't bridge that gap to allow them to awaken to their call, and they step away from the call of Jesus on their life because we're not bold enough to bridge that gap, that's on us. And we can no longer complain that the world's gone to hell in a handbasket and it's everybody's fault that's under 35. It's time that we create an opportunity for the next generation to awaken. Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus and I just thank you this morning, Lord. I thank you that you are the ultimate bridge. Father, that you were the bridge for us between heaven and hell. You were the bridge for us that, that gave us the opportunity to be sons and daughters. Father, that you've called us as sons and daughters. You've given us that identity because you bridged the gap for us. Lord, you've allowed us to be students of yours. You've allowed us to step in and submit our lives to you, to fully give ourselves to you. And as we do that, that we've learned how you love. We've learned through your Holy Spirit that you do still want to heal people that you do still want people to be well. You do still want people to be whole. And Lord, that through being a student, that we would gain boldness and courage. And Lord, that you've allowed us to be servants, that you've allowed us to serve the greatest kingdom that was ever created. And Lord, that you would change our hearts if we're not serving, if we're not connected, if we're not allowing people to walk beside us and dig ditches together, that you would change our hearts in a moment, not over a process, but Lord, now that you would change our hearts, that you would change those so that we could begin to bridge the gap. Father, that we could love like you love, that we can be the example like you've set and bridge the gap by allowing people to see what a son and daughter of Jesus is like, what a student of Jesus is like, the expectation of miracles happening everywhere and what it's like to be a servant of Jesus. And Lord, I just ask right now in boldness and courage, Lord, that as we step out to bridge gaps, as we step out to awaken a generation, Father, that I feel like there's an awakening happening right now, Father, that there may be people in here that have never accepted you to be the Lord and Savior of their life. Not just a fire insurance, but all out devotion to you 
And Lord, I ask that you would awaken them right now, that you would call them forth right now in the name of Jesus, that there's so much on the inside of them, that there's something physically happening so much that they cannot deny the fact that you are trying to awaken them right now, that they are a woke generation in the kingdom. Not from the worldly standpoint where we're going to be a woke generation, but we are woke from the kingdom of God, expecting miracles, expecting signs, expecting wonders and an eternity with you, knowing that we're sons and daughters, knowing that we can be students and knowing that we can serve you. And Lord, I just ask for a boldness right now. If that's anybody in here that's being awakened for the first time, I just ask to see your hand because we're going to pray with you. And boldness and encourage that you step forth, that you step up. And we just thank you, Jesus for the people that are raising their hands. We thank you that you have woke them up, that they're no longer asleep, that they're no longer sleeping as you've asked them to pray. And Lord, that you would reawaken the rest of us that have given our lives to Jesus, that we've stepped away, or maybe we're just being complacent. Maybe we're just tired. Maybe we're burnt out. Well, it's time that we step up. So Lord, I just ask that you would awaken every single one of us, that you would light a new fire, Lord, that there's embers somewhere on the inside of them, that you would stoke that into a wild raging fire from heaven on the inside of them. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for what you're doing today. We thank you for the generation that's coming, Father, that they are awake. They want to see your goodness. They want to walk out your goodness and they want to worship the one true King. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.